Welcome to the Cryptocurrency Teens podcast, a podcast aimed to educate teens on cryptocurrency and financial literacy. Each episode features thought leaders in the crypto and blockchain industry or inspiring entrepreneurs from the business world who share their career journeys and words of wisdom for teenagers. I'm Abigail Lee, the host of this podcast series, the founder of CryptocurrencyTeens.com and a junior in high school from New York City. Hi, welcome to this podcast. I'm Abigail Lee and the founder of CryptocurrencyTeens.com. For this episode, I'm excited to interview George Kushner. George Kushner is the Chief Executive Officer at H2 Crypto and an established professional with over 27 years of demonstrated experience in the financial services industry in alternative investments, capital markets, fixed income and derivative product sales, private equity, real estate, fund of funds, hedge funds, private banking, blockchain DLT, and cryptocurrency. He has experience in product management, business, man- business development, and relationship management. George has worked for firms such as Merrill Lynch's Hedge Fund Development and Management Group, Man Group, BlackRock and Wells Fargo Private Bank, to name a few. George is a self-starter who strives to be naturally curious, entrepreneurial, relationship building, and a problem solver. Finally, George holds a Bachelor of Arts from Georgia State University and an MBA from Loisetta Business School at Emory University. Hi, George. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Abby. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Yes. Yeah, so, George, I see that you are the Chief Executive Officer at HG Crypto. Um, can you tell us more about your company and your role? Sure. Um, as you mentioned, and thank you for uh, giving your listeners a view into my background. All that means is I'm quite old, actually, after hearing all that experience. Um, so I had I spent almost 30 years in and around the Wall Street area, and I got introduced to crypto in 2015 and thought it was a total joke. If you ask me, why is that? Well, it's real easy because I was arrogant and loaded with hubris and thought I knew everything about everything. And I kept hearing more and more about it. And so a few years later, I decided to really try and broaden my knowledge and understand not really what is crypto, but what the underlying technology was, blockchain, distributed ledger technology. And it took me, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine months to get my sea legs. And by the time I did and um, I wanted to purchase crypto, I couldn't believe the sheer complexity to it. And what I found out was that crypto, even today, is a very, very small cottage industry. You're talking about less than 4% of the world owns it. And we are out to solve the number one pain point, which all the research indicates, well, people aren't going to use it if it's too complicated. So H2 Crypto is positioning itself to be the first cryptocurrency exchange in the world to truly offer and emphasize 24-7, 365 live support for help, education, general crypto know-how, and assistance. Yeah, and you kind of touched on it already, but I was going to ask, what was your career journey like to get into the crypto industry? And like, why did you decide to get into this industry in the first place? Sure. I would say that, thank God, we're in an environment where you have access to all kinds of research on social media and the internet. And I think you have to be very careful with some of the people you're listening to and taking advice but there's a lot of free material out there and you can get on daily emails that are free. You can watch some videos on YouTube. You can listen to podcasts. So I would highly encourage people, especially that are new to the industry, to first do a cursory review of what is blockchain technology and what is distributed ledger technology, because then you'll understand the foundational basis. I am not a technologist. I am not an IT person whatsoever. But just doing some high-level research, you can get your footing and understand it in relatively uh, quick order. 
So that would be um, my recommendation. And the second part would be follow your passion. And I think that oftentimes we as um, adolescents and young adults, we take an awful lot of advice from our parents and our peers, and that's good. But the reality is you have to have this passion, this fire inside, and no one can tell you what that passion and fire is. It has to come from you yourself. Yeah, and you kind of mentioned that you weren't really an IT type of person. So um, given the really complicated, complex nature of um, how cryptocurrencies work, how did you learn about crypto? And um, especially going from someone with like a background in more like finance, like with um, Wells Fargo and also BlackRock, stuff like that. Um, like, how did you really make the transition? Between. What I did was a few things. I uh, LinkedIn has been a phenomenal resource to meet people in the industry. And I will have to tell all your listeners that don't be shy. I was stunned at how receptive everyone in the kind of Web3 community is with regards to the receptivity of speaking to people. And I think especially young people that are trying to show interest in a subject matter that they don't have a lot of experience in. So please, 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 everyone, I highly encourage you to go on to LinkedIn and search for people in the space and tell them what you're looking for, be precise, and ask them to you know become your LinkedIn consigliere or partner or someone that they can lean into and provide advice. The second thing would be, like I mentioned, some of these news sources from, you know, Cointelegraph. And I mean, there's all kind of news sources on a daily basis that comes out. Um, there's books you can read, uh, very elementary books on what is blockchain, what is trivial ledger technology, what is crypto. And then for those of you that really like to see more videos, which I totally understand, YouTube can be an excellent resource. And that was kind of my approach. And I was really astonished, like I said, to the receptivity uh, a lot of people that were higher up, powerful people in the Web3 space that were more than willing to accept my kind of friendship on LinkedIn and speak to me and mentor me. And I want to pay that back as well. So, you know, everyone, everyone on this podcast will have access to my information. And I mean what I say, and if I can help in any way, shape or form, uh, I will absolutely try and do so. Right. So our target audience are teens around the world who are interested in cryptocurrency or blockchain. What advice would you give them about entering this industry in the future as a career? I think that there are things that you want to be ahead of the curve on, if you will. And I know all of your listeners weren't even born when the Internet started coming into real play. I know the Internet's been around since the 60s, but it really kind of got its its everyday livelihood usage kind of mid late 90s, I think, is when it really started. And I remember that. I remember uh, people totally discounting it and not understanding what the heck it was needed for. And I think blockchain and distributed ledger technology will be more transformative to the globe than things like the steam engine, the cotton gin, and the internet itself. So I would highly, highly encourage those that are even thinking about this world to dive in with both feet, dive in head first, whatever you want to say. But this technology is going to transform so many industries. And obviously, it's initially globbed onto financial services. But when I think about the broad case applicability of how it's going to be used in things like healthcare and logistics, obviously, banking has already been there. Insurance. I mean, think about your driver's license. Think about passports. Think about real estate deeds. All of these things are going to be coming into, um, into the blockchain. So I would absolutely encourage all of your listeners to learn more about it, 
And then once they feel comfortable and once they hit 18 is typically the minimum that you can create your own account, but you can always set up an account with your parents. And I would look at maybe purchasing some of the, you know, more uh, OG coins like Bitcoin and Ether and things like that and start to test and play with it. So you kind of get the feel of how it works, because I firmly believe for your generation, uh, cryptocurrency I don't want to make a call here and say it's going to replace fiat, but it will be an everyday use case, just like you will with credit cards and, and using cash, no doubt. Yeah. And how effectively do you think crypto has already been integrated into daily life? Because um, you kind of see that it hasn't fully been and um, it's hard to tell if it will be in the future. I think that going back to my comment about the internet and people being nascent, look, anytime you have technological changes throughout the dawning of man, people have been resistant. And I think crypto, I think digital assets is just yet that next evolutionary process where people are being resistant, just as I was in 2015. You know, here I was a Wall Street know-it-all and somebody was going to tell me something I didn't know. I was like, no, 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 no. But once you start doing research and understanding it, um, I think then you'll start to realize the broad case applicability. There was a report that came out a few weeks back from Deloitte. And this report stated that within two years, which is a very short amount of time, 75% of United States retailers will accept crypto as payment. So I think what you're going to see is once the regulators around the world, hopefully led by the United States, provide a semblance of regulatory clarity then you're going to start to see a lot more use cases of crypto in its ubiquitous nature and being used for buying goods and services all across the globe. Right. And so looking back on your career journey, you kind of talked a little bit about how when crypto first came out, you were a little bit hesitant to kind of um, learn about it or um, like hop onto the train. But um, just in general, what is one piece of advice you would give to your younger self and that you would share to our listeners? I would say that um, unfortunately children and young adults have a huge leg up on older adults. And that is normally their minds are open, they're receptive to change, they're willing to listen. As we age, unfortunately, a lot of those open things start to do this and you start to think you know everything about everything you don't wanna learn. I will say that at 35 years old, I thought I knew everything about everything. And a couple decades down the road, I can tell you at this stage in my life, I don't know if I know anything about anything, but I am willing to learn and do a lot of research. So what I would highly recommend to all the young people listening out there and anyone listening out there is when you hear things, be interested, try and engage. And if it scares you, intimidates you, that's okay. That's a part of life. That's what it's all about. But do some research because there are a lot of really neat things that are coming down the pike in Web3 that are going to absolutely change the world. And it's never, ever, ever too late. I know a lot of my friends ask me, yeah, Bitcoin's already been around since, you know, January of 2009 and it's too late. It's this industry, as far as I'm concerned, if we were drawing sporting analogies, might be similar to the batting cages before the baseball game. Like the first inning of the of the game has not even been started. So we're very, very early on. No one has missed anything. Um, and then, like I said, there's a plethora of resources out there for young people and anyone listening to get their hands on to educate themselves about the subject matter. Yeah. And speaking about like crypto growing, where do you kind of see your company going um, in the future and like what impact do you think you guys will have? 
Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's staggering to when I tell you this statistic, because I think if you're in the crypto space and you don't really look at research and statistics, you just presume it's really widely used and everybody owns it. And the reality is almost no one in the world owns crypto. And I know your listeners are going, wait, what did he just say? I do want to repeat that. Almost no one in the world owns crypto. All right. So let's quantify that. Right now in the world, you have almost, <clears throat> pardon me, 8 billion people. Of those 8 billion people, only 300 million own crypto. So you're talking less than 4% around the world. Now, we talked about why. There's a massive pain point. People don't understand it. And if they don't understand it, they're not going to use it. So my company, I used to sell derivatives to central banks. And when I first got into crypto, I had no idea what I was doing. So for someone with a background like me, if I didn't understand it, well, then good luck to a lot of folks around the world. And that's what all the research states. So we are positioning ourselves as the cryptocurrency exchange that is there for you, the kind of kinder and gentler exchange, 24-7, 365, live support. Because we know when clients have issues, whether it's just getting onboarded or KYCing or trying to fund their accounts or their first purchase, they need help. And whether they want to call us or chat with us or email with us, we have all these levels of communication. So we want to be known around the world because we can onboard clients pretty much from anywhere. We want to be known as the true retail friendlier exchange where people have questions, people need answers, people need help. They come to H2 Crypto. Yeah. And I kind of see what you guys are doing. Like you guys might be able to help people um, who might not be as involved in like the financial markets or people um, who haven't really been able to get into investing. So that sounds really great. Like I said a minute ago, when I first got into this, I couldn't believe how complicated and complex it was. And most of the UXs on our competitors' platforms, when you look at it, you know, if you come from a Wall Street background and you're used to looking at charts and order books and, and market depth and liquidity numbers, that's fine. That's great. But 99.99% of the world has no idea what any of that stuff is. And it, it looks like a video game. It's intimidating. And so even, like I said, with some of my background, I was like, this is a, an awful lot for something very simplistic. And it's nice on our platform because we basically have two UXs. One is a very quick and simple one-click buy or sell button. We have predetermined prices or the client can put in how much they want themselves. And then we have a more sophisticated UX with the charting and analytical resources and things of that nature. Right. And so for the high school juniors and seniors who are deciding which colleges to apply to, do you recommend any particular colleges to study at, um, any particular majors, or even any courses to study crypto or blockchain at? I think that the majority of the schools around the country have been a little bit late to embrace this. And I think part of that, probably if I have to guess, would get back to the lack of regulatory clarity provided by the United States government. But I think that when you're talking about, you know, the technological proclivity of some of these universities, the usual suspects are always going to be there, whether it's Carnegie Mellon or MIT or Georgia Tech or Cal Poly. Um, and that does not mean, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, that you need to go to MIT to get a job in the blockchain space. But if we're talking about schools that are starting to build curriculums around it, uh, I'm sure there are a lot more out there that I didn't mention. But I would say from my background and I would say from I was a history major and I've worked on Wall Street for almost 30 years. 
So that's where I kind of get back. Follow your passion for your undergraduate studies. As far as your career, I don't, there's very, very few careers, even medicine, you can have an undergraduate degree in whatever you want to go to, you know, med school and law school is similar. So I would first start with, you know, following your passion. And if your passion is in this space, then you can certainly look at some schools that have great engineering programs that are starting to kind of pivot some of the curriculum to, uh, to blockchain and distributed ledger technology. Yeah. And do you have any investment, um, sorry, not investment, do you have any financial wellness advice um, that you could provide? For I, I'm sorry, do I have any, what was the lead in? The, do I have um, any financial? financial wellness advice. Um, financial wellness advice would, the first is this, um, when, when boxers enter a ring, the referee tells them, protect yourselves at all times. What we've seen over the past couple of months, especially in the crypto and DeFi space, is you've seen a lot of projects that weren't nearly as solid as they were being touted. So I will tell everyone listening to this, please listen to the referee in a boxing match. And rule of thumb in investing one is protect yourself at all times. Rule number two is if something sounds too good to be true, I've never found a case where it actually wasn't too good to be true. It was all fake. So what do I mean by that? Well, if projects are offering you a yield of say 20 or 25 or 30%, but when you look out into the normal TradFi market and yields are somewhere in the five, six, seven, eight, even for the worst credits in the world, you have to ask yourself, well, how are they paying me 20%? Because they've got to be investing in something over here to earn more than 20 to pay me. And if the answer is, well, they're not really investing in anything, but they're relying on more clients to come in to pay off these clients their 20%. Well, that's kind of the definition of a Ponzi scheme. So those are really my investment advices. I would also, I would, the last thing I would mention about it is um, be careful trying to trade. As I keep saying, I've been around these markets for almost three decades, and it's almost impossible to time the markets. So whether you're looking at TradFi investments or in Web3 land investments, find really good, solid projects run by really good, solid teams and invest in them, but have a long-term horizon. Do not think you're going to try, and, especially in crypto and DeFi. If you time the markets, you're going to lose. And that's just the bottom line. Right. And what advice do you have for teens regarding the crypto blockchain industries um, as a whole? It could be more safety advice or really any words of wisdom that you would like to share. I think this is a fascinating space and it's fascinating for a couple of reasons. I know that younger generations, unlike my generation, and thank goodness for the young people out there, but they really seem to have a sense of community. And in Web3, I hear this community word over and over and over. And it used to be when I was a young man growing up, community, you are relegated to your neighborhood for the most part in your surrounding area. But because of the advent of technology, this podcast is going to be he heard all over the globe, potentially. So your now community is really more about your likes and interests. You can share likes and interests from anywhere around the world, and they don't have to be sitting physically in your neighborhood. Web3 is all about community. So if that's something important to you, absolutely look into the space. The second word is D, and that's democratization. And democratization means kind of level the playing field. And we talk a lot in my world about giving people a fighting chance when it comes to their financial well-being. And, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and knock the banks. I've worked them for a long, long time. 
But the reality is across the globe, one in five people at least are unbanked or underbanked. So again, 20% of people around the world, 1.6 billion, don't even have access to a bank. But as long as they have access to one of these, which I'm holding up a mobile phone, then you pretty much can become your own bank with crypto. So if these two trigger, if these two words are triggers, community and democratization, then Web3 is something you should, you should certainly be looking in. And the last thing I'll mention is, again, I cannot stress the infancy. And so there are a lot of people listening right now who have a lot of excellent ideas. I've been blown away by some of the maturity levels of people that I've spoken with in high school and college about some ideas they have. And I would absolutely say embrace them and come get into Web3. It's going to be a phenomenal ride for the next several decades. Yeah, I totally agree with everything you just said. Um, okay, so since we're almost out of time on this episode, do you have any other final thoughts that you would like to share with our listeners? I would just go back and embrace the notion of follow your dreams, follow your passion. I know that the majority of listeners are probably fairly young and your dreams and passions might change with time. But the reality is that I knew I was fortunate. I think I was a junior in college. So I'm a little bit older than some of your listeners when I knew that financial services and kind of the Wall Street world was what I wanted to do. And I was I was um, lucky that I was able to break into it. It was hard. You know, the Chinese have uh, so many different proverbs, but one of the proverbs that I absolutely love is, if you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life because you don't look at it as work. It's a passion. You get up and you can't wait to hit the bricks and pound the pavement and do what you have to do. So follow your passion. I would not worry too much about what your undergraduate degree is. I would also argue if you don't have the economic means to college or you don't have interest in college, that's not the answer for everyone either. And so I know a lot of parents put pressures on kids. You have to get a degree. You have to get a degree. I think the world is starting to smart up a little bit about that. And I think as long as you have chops, as long as you have technical acumen and some experience, and when you sit down with people and you communicate, you know what you're talking about. We personally, when we hire, we're looking for three characteristics. And this is how I'll leave my comments. Determination, ambition, and passion. And those to us will trump your IQ all day and every day. So remember that, determination, ambition, and passion. George, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been such a pleasure and a really educational experience. I appreciate you taking the time to come onto this podcast today. Abby, I thoroughly enjoyed our time together and uh, look forward to hopefully doing it again sometime down the road. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Cryptocurrency Teens podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe on your favorite podcast app and visit the CryptocurrencyTeens.com website to find extra resources and info. See you soon. Disclaimer, the views, information, or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of cryptocurrency teams and its staff. Second disclaimer is that this is not financial advice. The information contained in this podcast is not intended as and shall not be understood or construed as financial advice. In general, the advice offered by our guests should be general advice about the cryptocurrency industry or the blockchain industry and not specific investment advice. 